listening to the Gesher Podcast, the place where the Jewish and evangelical Christian communities come together to talk about the things that matter. I'm your host, Ty Perry, ministry representative for the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry here in sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks for joining me. My guest today is a man unbound by stereotypes. He is a six foot two Jewish former minor league baseball player from California. But as atypical as that might be, and he is the first to point out the oddity of that background, the thing that defines Kenny Feinberg is not his baseball career nor his height, but something much more personal and, yes, atypical. Kenny Feinberg is here to share his story with us today on the Gesher Podcast. Kenny, welcome. I'm glad to be here, Ty. So, Kenny, I have here in my hands a baseball card uh, from the Cedar Rapids Giants, and it has your picture on it, a young uh, mustachioed Ken Feinberg. Tell me a little bit about your life and how did you end up on a baseball card? Oh boy, that's really something. Well, I always wanted to be on a a big league baseball card, but I didn't quite get there. Um, We were a sports fan family uh, with not too many athletes. I'm the youngest of four boys. And when my brothers, when they would go to the park and play their sports, I would whine and make a big deal that my brothers are ignoring me. And my mother, I was wearing my parents out by the time I came along. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff that uh, that I wanted that they, I probably shouldn't have. One of them was they made me, uh, they were made to bring me and have me tag along with them. So I got to play a lot of sports with my older brothers. They were not that good, but I was sitting there playing with kids two, five, seven years older than me, and uh, I think that that probably helped. But, I mean, I it's not like I didn't have any athletic ability or that I didn't have good size because I was way taller than my brothers. I'm 6'2", and uh, my father was only 5'7", hmm. which uh, my mother's 5'3", so it's... We don't really know. Uh, I just got to say, well, God gave me height. Yeah. You know, my by the time I was 13, I was the tallest in the family of three older brothers and my father. So um, so I uh, I ended up uh, being pretty good at baseball. How did you get to be, to work with the Giants? I mean, how did what's the story behind that? Well, it's, it's kind of, I think a lot of it is providential, but um, I was a very, very good high school player. I, I made... Uh, all Los Angeles City first team mm. uh, as a as a baseball player, and um, when I was a senior in high school, and then I, I had a scholarship to Cal State Northridge, uh, which was a good baseball school. I but I didn't attend it for long. I there were some rules if you um, you'd have to if you went to a four year school, you have to wait three years before you can sign a professional contract. And I was kind of antsy and thought I could play pro ball and. Uh, so I transferred to a junior college, okay. and I played a couple of years in junior college, and a giant scout uh, ended up uh, liking me. He knew who I was, and I ended up playing on a weekend team for him, and he eventually signed me, and uh, that was in 1976. So, And then th- 77 through 79 is when I, uh, when I played ball for the Giants organization. Hmm. Now... That is a, a significant part of your story, but there's a bigger part of your story, and uh, you are a Jewish man who believes in Jesus as the Messiah. Not just that he is the Messiah, you believe in him personally. How did that happen? 
Well, that's a that's a great story, and I'm going to get to that in a second. I uh, I want to tell you what I told a group I was involved with. Uh, I was I've been a chaplain for a very long time, and I was a chaplain for the AAA baseball club in Las Vegas for 28 years. Hmm. And what I did, um, we used to have conferences, and and I got to speak in front of hundreds of chaplains, uh, country and really worldwide. And one of the things I said is I said, I really believe that, uh, you know, the Bible says that all things were made by him and for him. And uh, and I believe that baseball was made, you know, by God. And I'm not going to just quote, I will quote Genesis 1-1, in the big inning, God <laughs> created heavens and the earth. But, but yeah, there you go. And but but I really believe that he did that, and he gave me athletic ability so that I would come to meet him. Mm-hmm. And baseball was was involved with that, and I'll I'll tell you that in a minute. But that ability, there aren't many Jewish athletes. There's a lot of Jewish doctors and lawyers and accountants, especially not Jewish athletes who are six <laughs> three. Yes, uh, most of us are not very tall, and uh, it, it's it's pretty neat. And I, I like to quote the old airplane uh, movie where an old lady asked the stewardess, um, uh, stewardess, do you have anything light to read? And she said, yes, um, here's a leaflet on famous Jewish athletes. <laughs> and, you know, I can relate. And, uh, we you know, it's just a crack up every time me and my boys see that. Yeah. Um, because there weren't many of us. Um, but anyway, so... I was really, I was raised in a, uh, uh, in a home that was very culturally, ethnically, and proud Jewish home. Mm. And I used to get in fights with kids um, because I was Jewish. There was uh, a lot of non-Jews or Gentiles who, who, and I thought these were Christian folks. They celebrated Christmas and Easter. Right. And many went to church, but they'd call me dirty Jew and kike and Christ killer and mm. Sometimes you get into fights, and a lot of the Jewish kids weren't going to fight back. A lot of them were not physically able. I got into a lot of fights over that. I was kind of the little bit of the defender. I didn't know what I was defending, but I didn't like anybody picking on me or other people. Sure. But uh, being bullies. But I didn't really know what it meant. And I remember asking my mother one time when I was a teenager. I said, "Do you know? I, I, I somebody told me that that Christians believe that that." that Jesus was raised from the dead or something. And isn't that, that's ridiculous. And my mom was nice. And she said, people believe what they believe. You know, you got to let them believe that. And we were not very religious. I mean, a couple of my brothers went to Hebrew school. By the time I came along, I hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had Passover Seder every year. And, you know, my dad and uncles and everybody spoke Hebrew. And we were trying. We thought it was kind of a funny language because it wasn't our language. Right. And um, uh, but it was very, very traditional. Were you a Zionistic home, or well, we were not? pro-Israel. Yeah. But we okay. weren't. We weren't like um, militant about it. We we were always on Israel's side, mm-hmm. and um, most of the time, there's good reasons to be on Israel's side, even nowadays. Right. I mean, not that they're perfect. Right. Um, and the Old Testament's very clear how imperfect Israel <laughs> and every other person is. Exactly. Um, but, but I still had the the Jewish um, the Jewish pride, and a, a couple of people tried to share with me, just a couple when I was growing up or as a teenager, and I said I'm Jewish, and kind of, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then and then something changed when I was playing professional baseball. Do you want me to share that? I with would you? love for you to share it. Okay. Well, it was my second year, and I was having a very good year. I was um, in the top ten in statistically, and a lot of uh, you can even look my stats up. Ken Feinberg, baseball reference, so I'm not lying. A lot of people back in the day before the Internet said they played pro ball, but I knew they didn't. Oh. But you couldn't prove they could. They didn't. Sure. You, you just know. Kind of like a plumber knows a plumber. And um, But, yeah, but you can read it in my little history if you want. But, um, but this was 1978, and it was the summer of 78, and there was a guy on another team. He was on the Brewers uh, uh, Farm Club. And he was the best guy in the league. He was leading the league in home runs. He ended up being the most valuable player of the league. Tremendous hitter. And he was a catcher on the other team. And I'll never forget going up to the plate once. And then they made a pitching change when I came to the plate. And he, uh, the guy's name was Jordan. And, um, and I said, like the river. And I knew that much. Mm -hmm. And the catcher said, right, are you a believer? And I said, in what? Huh. And I, he said, in Jesus. And I said, no, I'm a Jew or I'm Jewish. And he goes, okay. But the next day, he was on the opposing team. But before the game, he came to me and shared a little bit with me. And he left some literature in our clubhouse. And nobody picked up any of the literature of the 25 guys on the team but me. Hmm. The Jew on the team picked up the literature. And it was from Baseball Chapel. And it was gospel-oriented information. That, and because when I went back to the uh, the dugout and I realized what a nice guy this guy was, I said, what's up with this Bill Foley? What's up with him? And a few of the players said, well, he's a Christian. And I said, isn't everybody? Mm. And they said, well, he's a born-again Christian, which I've heard the term a few times, but I didn't know much about it. But I thought, okay, that means that not all professing Christians are, you know, because my thing of being a Christian was, they were the again. They were the ones who maybe did a lot of wrong things to Jewish people. They were the ones who wouldn't let Jews in the country clubs. They're the ones who would blackball them from other things. You know. And did you have it in your mind that essentially, at least in the United States, a Christian is one who's not Muslim or Jewish? I mean, was that a euphemism to you for being a Gentile? Well, yeah, that's a great. If somebody was going to ask me what is a Jew. I would have said, it's a person who believes in God but isn't a Christian. Okay. That was my definition. There weren't many Muslims walking around or Hindus or Baha'i faith back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I'm from suburban Los Angeles. It was mostly Protestants, Catholics, and some Jews. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now, now comes the, the in, inquisitive side. And um, he... He, as a person, the guy who shared a little bit with me, piqued my curiosity. And number one, I thought, this guy doesn't seem like a bad guy. Mm -hmm. and number two, he believes something, and he believes it pretty passionately. I don't know what I believe, and I know even though I'm having a good year, I don't feel very good about myself, where my life is going. I know I'm in darkness in many areas of my life. Uh, not that I got to share a lot with people, but it's evident. Um, but I was only 21 years old. Mm. So I decided to start looking. And one of the best things that ever happened to me is after a game in Wisconsin. I'd never opened a Bible in my life, by the way. Uh, 
And after a game in Wisconsin, most of the guys went out drinking or whatever after a game. And they said, hey, Ken, Kenny, you want to come out and uh, let's go partying? And I said, no, I'm going to stay in tonight. And for some reason, I opened a drawer at the desk next to me or at the nightstand next to me. And there was a Gideon Bible. Hmm. And thank God for the Gideons. And I started to look at it. And when I was reading it, I started in Psalms and Proverbs. I wasn't going to go near the New Testament. I didn't know that much that that was taboo for a Jew. Mm -hmm. So I started reading Psalms and Proverbs, even though I found out later, Psalms and Proverbs is all about Messiah, (laughs) but that's another story. And I really knew this was different than any book I'd ever read. I go, the words are different. It was God opening my eyes already. And I said, this is different than any. A few other religious people since have said, read this book, the book of whatever, or this book. They're different. They're like fairy tales, or they're like comic books, or like fiction. This was something that was really piercing to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling my mom after several readings, and then, then my roommate had a Bible. He actually was only a roommate for a short period of time. He was unpacking. And I said, you're going to read that? And he goes, oh, my mom just packed it. Can I take a look at it? And I started absorbing that at home. And I started really reading Psalms and Proverbs. And I called my mom up, who was a widow, by the way. Mm. And um, I used to call her after every home run. But then one time she goes, well, how are you doing otherwise? And I said, well, it's lonely at times. And, you know, I get along good with the guys and I'm doing well. But I've been getting a lot of solace. I've, I've been um, reading the Old Testament. She goes, what are you reading? And I said, I've been reading in Psalms and Proverbs. <laughs> and uh, she corrected me and she said, that's Psalms. And I go, oh, okay, what do I know? Right. You know, and how would I know, right? Sure. And then she asked the great question that if you ask any 21-year-old, it's the wrong question. She said, you're not reading in the New Testament, are you? And I said, oh, no, no, don't <laughs> worry about that. Well, that's where I went next. Sure. <laughs> and I was really expecting an anti-Semitic um, group of books and writings that were anti-Semitic. And why did you expect that? I expected it because I thought that religious people who weren't Jews were against Jews. Okay. And I thought that um, it wasn't like people were trying to convert Jews to Christianity. It was like they treated Jews poorly. And, uh, you know, anywhere from, you know... (laughs) The pogroms where mm. my grandparents suffered and had to flee the country by professing Christians, the Tsar and his people, mm-hmm. uh, to the Holocaust. Of course, everybody knows Hitler wasn't a Christian, but maybe they didn't know. And maybe they still don't know because he might have claimed Christ once right. or sometime. So all these people who, and also growing up, some of the problems I had with Gentiles So I was expecting to see an anti-Semitic book. But when I started reading, I started to fall in love with Jesus Hmm. because I go, all he is is love. And the only time he's mad is when he should be mad. But he, he uh, he was forgiving and caring and loving. And something that I did discover even before I came to Christ is God opened my eyes to see that everybody who ever met him was changed. Hmm. They were changed. The ones who rejected him were changed 
for the worse, but the ones who followed him were changed for the better. And, um, you know, you read that in the Old Testament too. Anybody who meets God is a changed person. Absolutely. And um, it, it happens all throughout the New Testament. But I started to see that. But I wasn't ready to surrender my life to Christ yet. But I started to become a believer. And I want to ask you, when you were introduced to, you see Jesus in the scriptures, did you view that through the lens of, of his Jewishness? Did you see, oh, this is a Jewish person? Or did you at that point still see it as kind of, this is the Gentiles savior, um, but there's something appealing about him? I think it was a little bit of both okay. because I knew that it was Jews that he was dealing with and that all the the followers, his disciples, I knew they were all Jews. Mm -hmm. And I knew the religious leaders of the day. That the, the, You know, it's pretty clear. You don't have to be a scholar to see that. But I still think it was partially the, the keep your distance a little bit because this is a Gentile religion. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a combination of both. But something very important happened. So I, I kept reading. I bought a Bible. I bought a New American Standard Bible and, and read it throughout the off-season. And, um, and then, even in spring training, I went to the baseball chapel services, and, and there was a chaplain there who was a trainer but a chaplain, and I would listen to him. And I don't remember much what he said, but and I think I was thinking I was okay with God. And then we had a double-A spring training game the Giants against the Brewers, and I saw Bill Foley there. Mm. And I said, Bill, you know, he came over, Kenny, Kenny. And then I go, I'm a believer now. And he said, do you know the Lord personally? And we couldn't talk because it was right before the game, and, and then I never got a chance to see him. I did end up seeing him again later. It was a beautiful time when I saw him. Um, I'll, maybe I'll share that in a minute. Sure. But I didn't know what he was talking about. And um, then baseball kind of fell apart on me the next couple of months, and I was done with baseball. And I won't go into all that, but when I got home, I was in bad shape. I was hopeless. I was 22, almost 23, and I thought, what am I going to do with my life? All I have is darkness around me and in me. I don't know what to do. My mom remembers I would go to bed early and wake up late. Uh, you know, just depressed. I, depressed, depression. I don't know what clinical depression looks like. It was probably that. Mm -hmm. And then one day I just said, Lord, I said, Jesus, I believe in you, but I haven't really acted like it. And I, I can't do life without you. Please come into my life. Please forgive me and take my life over. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a church. I'd never been inside. Well, I was at a couple of weddings of relatives um, that, you know, uh, that were involved, that had gone to churches. But um, for the most part, I had never been in a church. And I went to a church, and you know, I probably went up when they had the salvation call like four or five times in a <laughs> row. And I think I probably thought they're probably getting pretty old because I wanted to keep getting saved. <laughs> but I got it. Yeah. And um, and then. My mom was like, wasn't too happy about it. Sure. 
and then I came home and I, I lived at home and I had a part-time job and I was just I was just happy to be a Christian and I was making 350 an hour part-time and I was happy and that's hard to believe you know I've got a lot of my friends who were making a lot of money some were still in baseball a lot of them were college graduates I was none of those and uh, I was working part-time in a gym but I was eating up the Bible, Christian radio, going to church every time it was open. And then I got baptized in November. And in those days, at least at the church I went to, there was a baptismal there. Mm-hmm. But you didn't come in shorts or have a change of clothes. You go in your regular street clothes. Oh. And I got baptized in my clothes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they took my wallet and my keys out. Right. And when I came home, my mom said, I knew that was when you were gone. <laughs> I knew there was no return. And she was right. Yeah. Uh, it was a very important time because I made a public profession of my faith. Mm-hmm. And um, from then on, I just wanted to share Messiah with everybody I meet. Well, Kenny, I, I love your story. And I want to ask you, um, you know, there are some Jewish listeners, maybe I have Jewish friends who certainly would say, Jews do not believe in Jesus. And in talking with them, they have their their reasons for that. Um, and they would say probably about your story or about your life, look, great, you found Jesus, great, but you're no longer a Jew. How would you respond to that? Well, I'd give them quite a few reasons. If some of them are going to be levity, but I'm still going to do it. Mm-hmm. One is all you got to do is look at my profile. There's one. Another one is, all you got to do is look at my last name, and there it is. And I probably know as many Yiddish sayings as you do. So, And I know a lot of Jewish jokes, and they're great. And I love Jewish food, and I tell people the reason I got to be almost 6'3 is because of uh, matzo ball soup, you know, uh, knishes, kishkas, everything else under the all sun. All the good stuff. But, uh, but anyway, um, what I tell them is, is it's an entirely Jewish thing to believe the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. okay? I believe the scriptures. I believe all 39 books of them. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I see Messiah all throughout. And I think that Jews, if they were fair, they would see Messiah all throughout too. If they wanted to come with a really honest heart, they'll see Messiah there's a scarlet thread of Messiah from Genesis 3 all the way through Malachi, all the way, even from creation, but um, in Genesis 1, really. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is, is we have had embedded in our minds um, that you cannot believe, you can believe Messiah, believe Messiah is coming, but not Jesus. And um, the funny thing is, is the Pharisees of Jesus' day even challenged him with that. And then he said, search the scriptures. They're the ones that speak of me. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I've shared Isaiah 50, the latter part of Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53, and there's so many other verses in the Old Testament, with Jewish folks, it's hard to deny that that's talking about Messiah. The question is, is it talking about Jesus? And um, and I and I confirm and affirm that it is. And back to your question is, I'm 100% Jewish, not ashamed of it one bit. And I'll tell everybody, my mom, lo- my mom loves this story 
from, oh, it's probably 15 years ago. Um, it's a Jewish, kind of a Jewish pride story, but I, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I worked for a company for 30 years, and I was in customer relations, and, um, and I would handle a lot of difficult cases. Uh, the president would get something from the county because of a customer complaint. It was with a big uh, vendor um, and municipality tied in with, I won't go into the details of it, but, uh, and I would handle, and I, and one guy who was a, who had problems with our company, I was able to solve the problems for him and, and ease things over. And his name was Dennis. I forgot his last name now, but, um, it, it, it happened a few times where he'd call or he'd make a big deal about something and I'd fix it. Then he'd call me and then we'd take care of it. And, and then he, uh, one time I was on vacation and I gave my phone or I had my phone forwarded to one of my colleagues. And the colleague said, this is what happened. Dennis so-and-so called. Oh, he did? He had a problem? Yeah. And um, he said, who's this? And he, the guy said, well, this is Jack. And where's, uh, where's Weinstein? And uh, he goes, you know, the, my friend, you know, my colleague said, uh, you mean Feinberg? And he goes, yeah, whatever. And then, uh, you know, he took care of him. But I said, oh, thanks for telling me that. Mm. So I, uh, I gave the guy a call. And I said, hey, Dennis, Ken Feinberg here. I'd never met him personally, by the way. Okay. I said, Ken Feinberg here. And my, I go by Kenny, but Ken was in the business world, still is. And I said, hey, Dennis, hey, hey, listen, I want you to know something. You can get a hold of the mayor. I know you've written the mayor and the county commission. You can get a hold of them. You can, you know, contact my president and, you know, say anything you want after what I'm going to tell you now. But there's something you're never going to do again. You're never going to mispronounce my name. My name's Feinberg. And I said, and my dad's name was Feinberg, and he passed it on to me. Hmm. So don't ever mess that up. Do you understand? And he said, yes. I ended up meeting him later. He was just a loudmouth punk who was older and smaller and nothing. But the whole point is, I'm a Jew yeah. and very proud of my heritage. But I'm a Christian who is very fortunate to be called a child of God now Amen. because the Messiah has received me into his family. So I'm both. So it is possible. It's not only possible, you're looking at them. Without a doubt, today's episode features what some would consider a controversial subject. For many evangelicals, the idea of a Jewish believer in Jesus, while not unheard of, is unusual. After all, for centuries, the church has been made up primarily of Gentile believers. And for most Jewish people, the claim that a person can be both Jewish and believe that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah of Israel is incongruous with what they feel and have been taught. And yet the fact remains that Kenny Feinberg and an estimated 350,000 other people worldwide identify as both and see no contradiction. As an evangelical, I unashamedly say that I agree with them. Jesus is Jewish. The twelve disciples were Jewish. The first Christians were Jewish. In fact, it wasn't until the time of the Bar Kokhba rebellion that Jewish believers in Jesus were considered to be outside the Jewish fold in Israel. Still, an upcoming episode of the Gesher podcast will feature a Jewish rabbi 
who fundamentally disagrees with the idea of Jewish believers in Jesus, and I want to give him the opportunity to explain his perspective as well. Be watching for that upcoming interview in the weeks ahead. You've been listening to The Gesher Podcast. I'm your host, Ty Perry. For more information about me, visit ty-perry.com. For more information about the Friends of Israel, visit foi.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform to ensure that you receive future episodes automatically. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.